Hallelujah. Exciting day at Heritage of Faith. It's a, of course, I'm doing this service and then excited for the 11 o'clock service that Dr. Savell will be with us and, and, and to release into our hearts um, what the Spirit of the Lord has directed him. Amen. And, um, you know, my heart, you know, as, as the pastor and, and yielded to him as the, uh, the apostolic voice over this church is that we would, we would, we would be expecting Every time that he comes, that we would be expecting, you know, a word that will will set the course and the direction for our lives. Amen. We already know we've had we've had words that have set that course, but I believe there will be continued things being defined and shaped in our hearts, you know, as we go throughout this year. But especially the beginning of this year, the Lord's placed in His heart. Amen. Amen. Well, I've had an assignment over the last uh, several uh, several weeks at the beginning part of this year. And uh, I've been talking about in following instructions and heeding instructions. And, uh, and I want to read the prophetic word. And I'm, I'm not going to read all of it because um, I, I believe there's some things the Lord wants uh, me to release um, into our hearts this morning. Uh, but the prophetic word is this. A new era has begun and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. Hallelujah. More and more signs and wonders will be seen. Hallelujah. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words. You see, that's th- that prophetic word there. It says, those that heed my voice and obey my words. Meaning, everything that's written down and everything is promised isn't something that's automatic. It, it says here, those that heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They will. Those that heed my voice, those will experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. And then it says, they'll see their fruit. Who's they? Those that hear his voice and obey his word. They'll see the fruit of their faith when it's come bursting forth. And it says, they'll prosper. Who's they? Those that hear the word. Those that heed my voice and obey his words. It, it says, they'll see their, their, their faith when it's come bursting forth. They'll pl- prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow. That's what they'll see. Who is they? Those that heed my voice and obey my words. And so that's why it's so vital for us to be doers of the word. That's why it's so important for us to align our life by this word. To heed his voice and obey his words. Heed his voice and obey his words. And, and that's, that's what I've been talking about over, over the last several weeks about heeding instruction. Following instructions. Because we've seen how we know that God's prepared amazing things for his body. He's prepared amazing things for covenant people, right? It says the things, the the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Isaiah 64, 4, it says, you you, eye hadn't seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for those that wait upon him. We, we, We know that he has amazing things prepared for us. The thing is, is are we aligning our life with the word of God? And are we going to follow through with that? Now, as I was getting ready this week and as I was getting ready this week for you <laughs> and, and hearing what the Lord wanted, wanted me to minister this morning, he took me back to something he spoke to me when I was doing this series on in the day of his power. You know, in Psalms 110, it says, it says that my people would be willing in the day of his power. 
Amplified says, my people would offer themselves willingly, meaning my people would have such a desire in them, in their hearts, that they would offer themselves in the day of his power. I, I, I believe that's not a day that we're waiting for. I believe that's a day that's here. And so he ministered some things to me back in November uh, along these lines about the day of his power. And, and, uh, and, and on that particular week that I thought I was going to minister along these lines, the Lord actually, actually that morning changed my, my whole message. And, and as I got preparing over this, he, he said, I, I want you to, I'm going to add some things to that. And so he says, I, I want you to talk about being a Joshua generation. Being a Joshua generation. Now, I'm throwing it out there because, because I, I, it's going to make sense as I, get, as, as I go throughout the rest of this morning. Because, because people have all sorts of ideas about a Joshua generation and what a Joshua generation is. It's almost like there's this attitude within someone. Well, I'm a Joshua generation. It's almost this attitude that, that the previous generation doesn't matter. It's almost like I'm better than. Uh, or, you know, and, and it's kind of like this comparison. Well, you just need to let the next generation take over. No, we need the wisdom of our fathers. We need the wisdom of our fathers. And, and, and so with, with that, I just throw it out, out there because we have to understand, because this does connect to the Word of God. This does connect following the Word of God. I want you to go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Because if we're not careful, we can be easily shaken. We can be easily tossed to and fro. You know, part, a lot, in that prophetic word, there was so many things about refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So it can be easily shaken. We can easily have our heart be troubled. We can easily, the enemy can easily deceive us out of what's ours. The enemy can easily lead us off stray to get us away from what's important in our lives. And that's why we always have to come back to the word. If we don't have the word as the foundation to our heart, we'll, we'll be moved away from truth. We'll be moved away from, from the word of God. We'll be moved away from what God wants us to walk in. Because this is, from cover to cover, is a declaration of not what, not in the beginning, not what man lost, but how God got back for man to give back to everything that man lost. This, this whole book from cover to cover is about God's ability to restore. It's, a, it's about God's ability to take you out of loss and, and bring you into victory. It's about taking you out of poverty and bring you into prosperity. It's about taking you out of sickness and bringing you into health. That's why this word has to be the foundation that we build our lives upon. And if we're not careful, we'll be easily shaken by all that's going on around us. But I refuse to be shaken. By anything that's spoken in the natural or anything that might be happening in the natural. We have to align our lives by this. We don't make decisions in, 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 in our own minds, our own thinking based on material and way things look in the natural. No, we build our lives upon the word of God. Let's look at this in Psalms 119 verse 49. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified. He says, remember reverently the word and promise to your servant in which you have caused me to hope. Remember the word. 
Remember the word and promise to your servant in which you have caused me to hope. Meaning the word, remember the word, because when you heard the word, it's what gave you hope in the first place. It's what gave you a blueprint to build your faith upon. You're, it's remember the word because it's what gave you an expectation of what God wants to do. And then it says this, he goes, this is my comfort and consolation in my affliction. This is my comfort. This is my consolation. This, the, the word comfort or consolation here, this is my relief. This is my freedom. So this word that you cause me to hope, this word is my comfort and my consolation in my affliction. When I'm experiencing affliction, when the enemy is coming against me, when doctor's reports are coming against me or creditor's reports are coming against me, when things in the natural are coming against me, this is my comfort. This is my comfort. This, this is what I hold to. This is what I wrap myself in a blanket with. And, and I hold on to when, when things are coming against me. This is my comfort. You know, when it's cold outside, you, 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 you know, you have a, you know, you have the fire or the, I'm not really like that. My wife's more like that. I'm, I'm usually a hot nature, but, but you know, she's got like four blankets. You know why? She's looking for comfort. She's not wanting to be cold. She's what she's wanting to feel cozy. You know, our granddaughter, Addie, we go cozy, cozy, cozy. <laughs> she goes cozy, cozy, cozy. And it, why? Because, because it's in that, it's in that where there's safety. It's in that where there's relief. It's in that where you, you find the strength. This is my comfort and consolation in my affliction. What? That your word has revived me. Your word has revived me and given me life. Your word has revived me and given me life. When I'm in the midst of being knocked down, it's this word that gets me up. It's this word that King James says it, it quickens me. And this word quicken means to refresh. It means to restore to life. It means to cause to grow. It means to restore. And get this, it means to live prosperously. That's what the word does. It revives me and it quickens me. But if you just look at this word, ah, it's just, it's just a religious book. You are letting go of the very thing that will revive you. You know why our nation is in the way it is? Is this stop becoming a force and a reality in the United States of America? When you take... You take Bible out of schools. You say, well, Pastor, do you remember church separating churches? That was never the Lyndon B. Johnson law. That's not why it was created. But the, but the point is, is when you take out the very thing that revives and gives life, all you have left is destruction. You, there's, no, there's no other hope. There's not a program. There's not a, there's not a, there's not a project. There's not a process. There's not a stimulus package. There's not a, there's not anything that can fix humanity outside of the word of God. There's nothing because he, he says it's your word that revives me and gives me hope. And then he says this, the proud have had me greatly in derision. The proud, the proud had me in great derision. And that word derision really means to, to deride someone means to mock at someone. It means to laugh at someone. Mean the proud are laughing at me. 
And we don't need to decide who's the proud. That's, anyone's proud is, is someone that's without God. Bottom line. Or proud is someone that's not teachable. He goes, the proud had me in great, greatly in derision. Now listen, yet I have not declined in my interest in or turned aside from your law. Or you say word. <laughs> Meaning even though they might be mocking me, even though they might be coming against me, the enemy might be telling me how I'm going to fail and how I'm not going to make it. He goes, I never lost interest in your word. Amen. And then he says this. It says, when I have recalled your ordinances from of old, when I recall your word from of old, O Lord, I have taken comfort. Meaning when I remember the word, even though all these things are happening, it's your word that gives me comfort. It's your word that gives me relief. Let's go to Joshua 1.8. Because see, that's why the word, that's why don't be soon shaken in mind. As, as we're waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How are we not going to be soon shaken in mind? By holding on to the word. Allowing the word to give us comfort. The word to give us direction. The word to give us life. Now I'm going to go over quite a few familiar scriptures in, in this house that we've talked about for years. And, and so as you hear scriptures like Joshua 1.8, don't, don't say, oh, I've heard that before, okay? Because I am going to get to the point of, of, of a Joshua generation. In Joshua chapter 1, for the sake of time, I'm not going to, I would start in verse 1 if we had more time, but let's look at verse 5 in the Amplified. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man. Now, that's not just dealing with a personality, but it's dealing with the results and the fruit of what man can do. No man can stand before you. Or you could say this, no man is able to keep you all the days of your life. No man, no man is able to stand before you all the days of your life. Then he says what? As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong, confident, and good courage. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers. Only you be strong and very courageous. That you may do according to all the word, the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Say prosper. Wherever you go. Then it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall deal wisely and have good success. Hallelujah. Say, make your way prosperous. And have good success. Now, now this was not the first time that Joshua, this wasn't new revelation to Joshua. 
This wasn't the first time that Joshua heard this. This wasn't all of a sudden some, some sort of message from heaven that he had never heard before. He heard this numerous times. You don't need to turn there, but in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7, it says, Moses called unto Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Hallelujah. I read it. Did I read the right thing? Yeah. And, and so throughout that, we see how God, God told, through Moses, told Joshua, don't be, don't be, be strong, be of good courage. So, so what was God doing? God wasn't just giving Joshua a new revelation. What was God doing? God was calling Joshua to remember a revelation he already had. See, it's in the word that causes us to hope. And it's the word that God brings up out of here. It's the word that God brings out of a pastor or a prophet that brings up what? To all of a sudden set your eyes on truth. Set your eyes on how God sees things, on how God does things. So he told him, he said, now do this, meditate the word day and night. Meditate the word. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meaning this has to be a continual practice. Meditate, to mutter. It's to speak. One of their definitions means to say softly to yourself. Meaning you're, you're talking about it. You're talking about it. You know, to meditate is like, God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God. My my, he's my God. He's my God. He's my, oh, he's my God. Oh, he's my God. And you know what? He shall. Well, if he shall, that means he will. And if he will, oh, wow. Oh, see, that's, that's meditate. Meditate the word day and night. Meaning continue to think about what God has said. Continue to think about what God has promised. So that's what God's telling Joshua to do. Go back, go back and remember what Moses said. When Moses laid hands on you and parted his wisdom to you, the spirit of wisdom to you and the same spirit that was on Moses. Also remember that Joshua, that same spirit of wisdom came on you. Meditate on it day and night. Now that you may observe. That you may observe and do. See, eventually the meditation turns into an action. Meditate day and night. So what? So I may observe. The word observe is also attend to. It means to keep. Just like Proverbs 4, it says, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. So observe isn't just, okay, I'm just going to look at, at it. No, meaning, meaning I'm give, it's, now it's not just something I'm meditating on, but now it's, 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 it's shaping my behavior because I'm attending to it. And then it says what observe and do. So all of a sudden now what I meditated on is now something I'm attending to. And because I did those two things now, it's just an automatic response in my life. And so we have to be doers of the word. Give heed to his voice and obey his words. That, and, that's, and out of this, God told Joshua, he says, he says, I will make your way prosperous. 
and you'll have good success. Man, that sounds like abundant overflow to me. How about you? That sound like abundant overflow to you? Hallelujah. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. There is power when we don't just hear the word, but we become doers of it. We have to follow the instructions of this word. Deuteronomy 28, and we said some of these are really familiar with us. In verse 1, and I'll read this in the Amplified. He goes, if you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I commanded you this day. Now, remember God recalled to, to, to Joshua, meditate the word day and night. Remember what Mo, he says, Moses said to you, meditate in that word day and night. This is, this is what Moses wrote. These are things that Moses spoke. So he was wanting Joshua to meditate on this. This wasn't just a a scripture that was for our time. This was directly written to Joshua for him to meditate this day and night. Because this was part of Joshua being his making his way prosperous. And so what is this book of the law that would not depart out of your mouth? What's some of the things? If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. Being watchful to do all his commandments, which I commend you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Meaning if I listen to the word and I'm watchful, let's observe it, and I do it, what does it say? It says that God will set me up on high above all nations. And I mean, we can go through the list, but and this is in verse two says, and all these blessings, all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. If you heed, if you heed the voice of the Lord, your God, meaning as you're, as you're hearing the word, as you're doing the word, I will set you high above all nations. And then it says, if I give heed to his voice, what does it say? It says, hallelujah, it says these blessings shall come on you. See, when I'm a doer of the word, blessings come on me. When when I do the word, blessings come on me. When when I'm a doer of the word, then I'm opening myself up for, for, for God to flow in my life. For God to direct my life in the way that I should go. But it's not just... Blessings coming on me because I wear the title Christian. It's the blessings coming on me because I'm a, I'm a doer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. And we saw in that prophetic word when we hear and obey his voice, what, what are some of the blessings that will come on? Their faithfulness will come bursting forth. They'll prosper and flourish like never before. I mean, all these blessings. We know, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your your beasts and the increase of your cattle and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Is that for everyone? No. It's... You have to, you have to do one and two first. 
And see, a lot of times we want blessing, but are we doing one and two? I, I love what brother, um, Dr. Sarah heard say this, but I think he was quoting um, Gloria Copeland. He goes, we are word people. Miss Gloria said, well, sometimes we're just favorite word people. <laughs> Some words we get here we may not like. <laughs> Oh, I'll stop meddling. So, but bottom line, I want you to hear that, that being a doer of the word is what brings us to this place of operating in abundant overflow. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Thank you, Father. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, verse 22. And I read this in the King James. And I'm going to probably read it in the Passion Translation. Verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, you could say, well, that, all those other scriptures were, were Old Testament. That's Old Covenant, Pastor Justin. That's why I wanted to talk about James. We'll talk about, you know, the half-brother of Jesus. And see if you can, if we can, uh, we, we can, we can glean some insight from, from the, the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. As he say, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Meaning if I'm, if I'm just a hearer and I'm not a doer, then what is he really saying? He goes, you're, it's really saying this, that, that you're expecting for fruit in your life, but you're deceived. It will never happen if you're not a doer. You're deceiving your own self. He says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. For he, bold, for behold, for he beholdeth himself and he goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, continues therein, continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now think about it. For he beholds himself. So he's talking about looking at the word of God as a mirror. So I'm looking into this and what is he saying? He goes, you get in this word and you actually see your true identity. You actually see the way God sees you. You see, you see who he's made you to be. You discover your purpose in here. You, 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 find your, your, you can find your spouse in here. You can find all sorts of things about your life and you can look into the word. I'm reading the word. I'm reading the word and it's defining. It's giving me strength. It's giving me encouragement. But what does it say? You behold himself. He goes his way, straightway forgets. What manner of man, meaning you walk away from the word and all of a sudden you forget your true identity. But then he says this, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. See, you see in the word and you see your freedom and you see all that God's given you a right to. But when you lay aside the word, you forget that freedom. And then you start acting in your bondage instead of living out of your freedom. Let me say it again. When you take your eyes off the word. If you take your eyes off the word, you'll be living in your bondage instead of living out of your freedom. 
But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues, continues, continues in it. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. It's interesting. He didn't say a doer of the word. He said that you do the work. A doer of the work. Meaning that's, that's, that's I'm doing, I'm doing what God desires me to do. This man, this man shall be blessed in his deed. He shall be blessed in his doing. Now, as you look at this word blessed here, most of the time in the New Testament, when you see the word, you see the word blessed. Most of the time, if there's any English majors here, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But if you see the word blessed throughout scripture in the, in the New Testament, most of the time it's defined as a predicate. Which means it affirms something about the subject. But in this particular scripture, it's actually, the word blessed is actually a noun. It's, di- it's different. Other, other places, it's a predicate. Meaning, I'm just describing, like, if I just say, well, Rick has this or Rick has that, Rick, Rick's blessed. I'm describing something about Rick. But in this particular, all of a sudden now, blessed isn't just something that I have, but blessed is now my identity. Because now I'm blessed. It's not, it's not, it's not something I have. It's I'm a na- blessed. There's a noun. It's a subject. That the one that's doing the word is ble- I'm blessed. I, I, my name's blessed. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And, that's, and that's how the Greek defines it. It's, it's a noun. It's not a predicate. So it's this understanding. It's my identity now is that I'm a doer of the word. It's who blessed is who I am, not just something I have. But all this comes out of being a doer of the word. I'm going to read in um, the Passion says, Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self deception. So always let his word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in a mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget. Your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. So being a doer of the word. Being a doer. I don't know about you, but I want to be a doer of the word. We need to heed his voice and obey his words. Go to Exodus 33, and I'm going to start closing with this. So, a Joshua generation. What does that mean, a Joshua generation? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let me get to Exodus 33. Holy Spirit, help me convey to your heart this morning. If we're going to be a Joshua generation, it doesn't come from having an attitude of, I'm better than. It's not an attitude of, we have to put behind the old because God has something new. All you are is deceived and you're going to create division. 
which that's why I see so often throughout, I see churches, I've been to church grow things, and, and too often I see everything trying to go towards one generation. I don't think that's scriptural. I don't think just having one, one ethnic group or nationality, race, in your church is actually scriptural. I think, I think we go to heaven, all nations, all tribes, every tongue. Every generation. And um, to be a Joshua generation, what, if we're going to be a Joshua generation, I believe we have to do what Joshua did. I, I believe Joshua, see, Joshua was born in captivity, Joshua didn't know any freedom. He, he grew up, as, he grew up in, in, a, in the family of, a, of slaves. Slave to the... He didn't know freedom. He didn't know what blessed was about. He didn't know any of those things. And you see, we'll never be doers, hearers and doers of the word if we don't have a Joshua generation heart. Because it's not just, it's not just doing... See, God couldn't... Moses couldn't speak to Joshua... And then God turn around and speak to Joshua if there wasn't something first in place. So I had a long introduction this morning to get to this, this point. Because we all know we need to be doers of the word. We, we know that. But we have to do that. But what caused Joshua to even be something that we would consider to be a Joshua generation? believe it's found in Exodus 33. And there's so many amazing things in Exodus 33. We see Moses talking about, show me your glory. We see him talking about, you know, God, I don't want to go unless you go with me. We see all sorts of things that God does in conversations that we have in Moses. And there's really not a whole lot about Joshua in this. But we see something about Joshua that you may have never seen before. How did he become the one that would take Moses' place. Let's look at verse 9 of Exodus 33. The King James. And it says, And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped, Every man in his tent door. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Man, when I first saw that a few months ago, Moses left the temple. But Joshua didn't. See, God could never have spoken to Joshua and saying, meditate the word day and night, observe and to do it. If the heart of Joshua wasn't the heart of the father. And I believe that that we offering ourselves willingly in the day of his power. Is about being a Joshua generation, but it's not about trying to take someone's place, but it's about, it's about taking our place in the temple. Yeah. 
It's about pursuing his presence. It's about practicing his presence. I believe God is looking for a people that have this heart of Joshua. Because it's out of that heart of Joshua. that Because that, 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 he knows that as I speak, I know Joshua will do. When you take the time to be in the tabernacle and not depart from it. And be in the tabernacle and be in that place long enough to even hear his voice. Most of the time that we don't stay in his presence long enough to hear his voice. Let alone do what he's saying. See, it's not just about doing my little bit of time in the word and and doing my duty for the day. No, it's about not wanting to part from his place. Not departing from his tabernacle. Because it's in there. It's in that place he will speak to you. And it's in that place he will make you courageous. It's in that place he will make you strong. It's in that place. You see, if Joshua didn't have this, would he even been able to hear, Moses, my servant is dead. Now rise up. Go over this Jordan, all this people. See, there had to be an exchange there had to be time. There had to be, there had to be, uh, there had to be intimacy with Joshua, even for him to hear what he was supposed to do. And I believe that as, as believers, as, as, as the body of Christ, if we're going to say, yes, woohoo, I'm a Joshua generation, then we need to have the heart of Joshua. And it's his presence. It's pursuing his presence. It's pursuing him. And it's out of that. It's out of that. A life of hearing and doing the word becomes a lifestyle. If we aren't spending time in his presence. Honestly. Will we truly be doers of the word? We put the cart before the horse a lot of times. And Rick and I have talked about it for six years. We always have to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is our relationship with our Heavenly Father. I believe the greatest outpouring is coming. Smith Wigglesworth said it. I've heard Brother Copeland say it. I believe the greatest outpouring is when the Word of God and the Spirit of God comes together. And I believe that's where we are. I believe that's where we are. Go to Joshua 24, and I'll close with this. Joshua 24. Thank you for the word. Holy, holy, holy. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Look at verse 14. If you're taking notes, you can just write down Joshua 24, verses 14 through 20. Thank you, Father. Verse 25, if you're taking notes. So I may not read all these scriptures, but verse 14 says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. You'll never be a doer and a hearer of the word if you don't understand what it means to fear the Lord. We fear, we feel fear so many things. 
You know, I feel I, I feared being a fail, feel, failing. I, I feared how I look in front of other people. I fear, you know, whether how someone's going to perceive me. I fear how, you know, uh, whether someone's going to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down on YouTube. Feared, just funny things. Just funny things now. It's an inside joke I have with people. Just, but the point is we fear so many things. We, we, we fear everything is going around us. But, but what does Joshua says? Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve. It's not being afraid of God or scared of God. It's saying, God, you're my priority. God, you're first place in my life. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. That word sincerity is, is without a mask, without a covering, without, without any reservation, without, without, um, without anything in between. There's not, I, don't, I don't have another motive. There's not another motive. I'm not, I'm not serving you because what I can get from you. I'm not serving you because if I don't serve you, then, then you're not going to bless me. If I don't tithe, then the windows of heaven aren't going to be open. That, has, that is not sincere, and that has nothing to do with the fear of the Lord. Sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if, you, and if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. <laughs> Man, think about that. The guys on the other side of the flood, it said, told us about them. It said that their thoughts and imaginations were evil continually. Hmm. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up out of the fathers. Out, out, excuse me. He it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. And from the house of bondage. And which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all our way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. Now, doesn't that sound like blessed coming in and blessed going out? Doesn't that sound being above only and not beneath? Verse 18. And the Lord drove out from before all the people. Even the Amorites. Even in that blessing in Deuteronomy 28, it says, I will smite your enemy. One way and he will flee seven ways. See, we're seeing the fulfillment at the end of Joshua's days of him being a doer of the word. And Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord for, for he is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. Verse 20, if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he had done you good. Verse 21, and the people said unto Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, put away, says he, the strange gods which are among you. And incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. 
And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve. And his voice, we will obey. Verse 25 says, and Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute or a covenant and an ordinance in Shechem. What he was saying, you witness the fact that you realize that you were going to serve God and you were going to obey his voice. So being a Joshua generation is about serving God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and obeying his voice, obeying his word. The fruit of this relationship with God is abundant overflow. Abundant overflow. Father, we thank you for your word today. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our teacher. Thank you, Father, for placing within us this heart of a Joshua generation. This heart. This heart to be your voice in the earth. Your heart to be a a, a voice of your goodness, a voice of your blessing, a voice of your freedom In this generation. Father I thank you Lord. For placing within each one of our hearts. This heart that Joshua had. Where when Moses departed from the temple. It said that Joshua did not depart. Let us have that pursuit. Let us have that that heart. Let, Let us have that heart Lord. That we are so in tune with you. That we're so consumed with your word. So so uh expecting your presence, so expecting your hand, your goodness, Lord, that, 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 that you just explode your presence and glory, not just in this church, but out of this church, Father. We thank you, though, that we're coming up higher. We're coming up higher because we're going deeper in you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.